Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify Him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles. Yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured <laughs> yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Guys with Bibles. I'm Scott. I'm Sean. And I'm Lee. And we're going to be talking about Ephesians today. We're going to be diving back into it and uh, just enjoy the the study with the, the guys in Ephesians. Yeah! So how, how have you guys been? Smashing. How about you? Since Well, right now I am lighting a bowl of tobacco. Wow. But, uh... I'm also smoking a pipe, Scott. I've been pretty good. Are you? What pipe are you smoking? The Tortuga? No, I'm actually smoking the Salvinelli Alligator that you gave me. Oh, yeah. Do you like that one? Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. The bowl gets a little hot. Um, See, that's what I was afraid of. Yeah, so you gotta smoke it it really slow. Yeah. But, uh, I got some Cult Blood Red Moon, and I got some... I think I got four different cult um, uh, tobaccos coming coming my way, so I ordered some more. So, right on, right on. How have you been, Lee? Good. Just been working hard and doing doing my stuff. Now you're you're currently uh, you and your brother. You guys are uh, redoing a house, right? You guys are yeah renovating. So you you guys have been super busy. We have been busy. We've been very busy. So we've Plus, been painting a lot. Right. Plus, you got to be there every Sunday morning to help record the live videos, don't you? Yeah, I get to go to church. Yeah. I'm one of the few. <laughs> you actually get to be in the sanctuary. Yep, yep. And uh, so I'm I'm getting ready. I was there doing sound check last night because we had a, a sound issue uh, last Sunday. So I got that fixed, and I wanted to get that done before the next Sunday, so I... Did all that last night. So now that was, hopefully all that was okay. was a USB port, right? Yeah, there's like kind of a wiggly USB cord, and so I actually took the uh, USB hub that I got when we first started doing um, audio only podcasts. Right. Remember, we would all connect to it when we were in the same room. Right. And uh, so I took that over and used that, and it, it uh, did the trick. Works flawlessly. Yep. Right on, right on. Yeah, I've been uh, just hanging out with the girls and uh, been avoiding putting on a roof on a garage. <laughs> I was supposed to help you with that, too. Yeah, I've been more or less just looking at it going, hmm, if I could only will the shingles onto the garage. You're just, you're, <laughs> sizing, you're sizing it up. Yeah, you know, use your, I've been sizing your free it up will. for at least, a, at least two years now, so uh, <laughs> I, I figured no rush, no rush. 
you know. So got all the time in the world right now. Right. I think uh, buying Bibles is more important than putting a roof on my garage. But anyways, that's neither. Speaking of buying Bibles, I just ordered a the new CSB 2020 verse by verse um, in genuine black goatskin. Right. And. That's the um, Holman, isn't it? The Holman. Yeah, the Holman published it, and it's yeah. it's bound by Holman and everything. And from what I can see on uh, the Facebook groups and everything, um, they are comparing it. It's comparative to a Skyler. I will be highly impressed if it is compared up to a Skyler. Um, it's they're saying they're not saying the paper and everything and the text block is like a Skyler, but the binding is as solid as a Skyler. So that'd be impressive. So and I'm kind of impressive binding. I'm right. kind of excited to see this. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure me and you, we looked at it and it does look like the, um, the steadfast Bible. They just released yeah. the new yeah. creature hand, handy max. Um, dude, those Bibles are just gorgeous. The, and they they're very amazing. nice too. Yeah. The paper is just, it's like a, it's like a Skylar, literally. So I'll be impressed. And plus, how much was this one? This one was what? It was a hundred and it was 112 bucks, which, uh, is a lot less than a Skylar. So far less and far less than a steadfast preacher Bible, which is, which is very interesting because those fetch for like two twenty five. um, for the full size or the handy size, the handy Handy Max. Wow! And wow! The in- indexed are a little bit more expensive. They're like two thirty-five, and if you get the full size, it's like two forty-five, two fifty. Indexed, please. Yeah. I have a thumb. Every Baptist should have a thumb index on their Bible. <laughs> 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 now my uh, my Spurgeon Study Bible has a thumb index. Um, that was gifted to me. I'm not a big fan of thumb indexes, but it's it's a pretty nice Bible. But see, I was hoping because it has what they call black goat skin on the Spurgeon Study Bible, and it is not what I imagined it to be. It's it's a very cheap leather, if it's even right. leather. I'm not sure. So it's I'm kind of leather. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Um, Could but. It actually, it kind of feels like a thinner version of your, that, uh, MacArthur study Bible that you have in calfskin. Dude, that, that MacArthur study Bible is probably the nicest study Bible in calfskin leather I've ever, ever owned. But, um, yeah, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to get this CSB. It's supposed to be here Wednesday, so hopefully it comes early. And I'm really happy that you UPS is bringing it to me and not uh, the post office because the post office post office mail the post office always messes up my mail. So right, they um, they always drop it in Urban Crest, Ohio, which is like three hours away, and uh, I live in Urbana, Ohio. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Hilarious. The zip codes are completely different, and that's what they're supposed to be looking at. But you know, whatever. Did I tell you guys about my my Skyler pre-order? Uh. Uh-uh. Months ago, it was uh, it was in January. The um the pre-orders went up for the Skyler Nasby wide margin. Uh huh. And just on a whim. 
I think it was a birthday present to myself. I pre-ordered it <laughs> in the in the slate goat skin. Yeah, I wonder how that's going to be. I love the slate color. That is just a I really Bible. I do too. I've seen so many out there, and I'm like, man, I could snag one of those. But I'm really eager to stack it up against the uh, the Cambridge wide margin. Oh yeah, and just yeah. see see how it how it compares. Especially the layout of the page. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope that they left enough room. Me too. I was actually afraid that that the margin wouldn't be big enough because right. that that book block of theirs is just that text is looks so huge on the page. Right, right. I think part of it is the font, the that Milo font, but it just looks so huge. So I don't know, maybe maybe it'll just be a huge Bible. I don't know. Yeah, it could could very well be. Could very well be. But I'm yeah, pretty excited well, about that. Some cool things going on here at the house. Uh, my wife is reading uh, this John Knox book that I had on there. Um, just, just basically the biography of John Knox. And dude, it had me amped. I walked in. I'm like, "What are you reading?" And she's <laughs> like, I, "I found it interesting." I'm like, "Well, thank you, Jesus." It'll be the so. worst thing she ever told you because now you're gonna have like a stack of books you're gonna be forcing on her. Then as soon as she's done with it, you gotta read this one next. It's, you gotta you gotta read this one next. And then, Man, and then kinda, this one after I'm that. I'm kind of just letting her grab from the library. She's like picking and choosing, so tear it up. It's definitely a library you got going on there. Oh yeah, it's definitely definitely something. I got books galore. That but, ain't a bad thing. No, no. So let's go ahead and dive into Ephesians. We're on verse 14, I believe. Oh yeah. Um, we can start back up at verse 13 um, and read through the rest of, we'll just go ahead and read through the rest of chapter 3 and then um, just pick up there on 14. So, who would like to read? Me, 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 go ahead, me, Lee. Me, 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 me. Go, go. Therefore I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations on your behalf, for they are, uh, for, wow. For they are your glory. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. All Here right, so that, that ends chapter 13. and uh, 13? So, or chapter 3, three. my bad. <laughs> my bad. I was looking at verses 13. Uh, anyways, anyways. That ends chapter 3. So let's pick up in verse 14, um, where it begins with, For this reason I bow my knee before the Father, um, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Let's go with that. So does that mean every time we pray we have to bow on our knees? No. No. I think this is what's what's interesting. So I've, I've been asked, like, so how do you pray? And... I go, well, there's really no 
no form, you know, it's just... You don't have to do like like the Muslims do where there are the, the five You're poses. prostrated on the... Right. You don't have to be prostrated on the there's ground. There's the standing, and then the bow, and then uh, forehead on the floor. Uh, there's a couple other I forget. But yeah, there's like several poses that they have to take when they when they pray at different times. Yeah. I mean, praying to God has been... The veil's been opened, so... You can pray to God standing up. You can pray to God walking. You can pray to God in your car. Um, Charles well, even Virgin wrote in his book on spiritual warfare. Uh, from what I, from what I've read out of it, um, he said that there's no no specific way to pray. Just get on your knees and pray to God. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, and I mean, even even in the Old Testament. Uh, people pray standing up, people pray sitting, uh, prostration, kneeling. Uh, there's there's all forms of prayer, and even in the Old Testament, before Christ was incarnated and the New Covenant was established and all that stuff. So, right. I'd say so. it would it would depend on what you're what you're praying for, because I think there are times, especially when there's something uh, really intense that you're praying about. Or asking God for when you feel maybe more appropriate to be prostrate rather than standing or sitting. Um, there, there are times when I like, for instance, I'll pray with my eyes open, and then other times I pray with them shut. And it, I think it just depends on the setting and what I'm praying for or praying about. I think as long as it's done with reverence, I mean, it doesn't really. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what what position your body is in when you pray. Um, but sometimes a certain position may be more fitting than other times. There was a great uh, Table Talk, uh, I forget what month it was, last year. Yeah, Table yeah, Talk magazine um, all about, about prayer. prayer. Yeah. And right. it was just a ton of like short essays on different aspects of prayer. And one of they were asking questions and answering questions. And the one question was, um, how, like, do, what positions should I take to, in order to pray? And it basically said the same thing we just said. Um, so, you know, digital high fives to all you guys. But uh, right, it just and, depends. And a lot of these, a lot of these positions that we've mentioned here are also they're positions of a suggestive attitude um, of prayer. Um, it's basically a suggestive um, submission, um, reverence to God. Um, or intense passion towards God. Um, usually you fall down on your knees and you're crying, you're weeping, or you bow your head in submiss- submissiveness where you prostrate yourself. Where you, you know, that's, are... that submission angle is kind of interesting because I think maybe losing the, the emphasis of, of bowing in prayer or bowing on, on your knees, uh, having lost that, I think, generally in the church... I wonder if that's led to the popular idea that uh, we pray to change God's mind, or or pray so that God will do things for us. You know, like we've you know, become bosses, decreeing, right, that, declare. That's kind of that's kind of interesting that you say that because I've always wondered um, similar similar items. As you read through Scripture, you 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 see people. Well, you don't see them, but you read of people how they are prostrated on the ground. And I and I wonder to myself, like, 
why don't why don't I prostrate myself on the ground? What is what is he doing here, and what is he feeling right here to prostrate himself on the ground before the Lord? And why is it I'm not prostrating myself before the Lord? And and only times I get on my knees is when I'm in time of need, you know. Right. And I think that's I think that's the wrong way to go about it. And uh, so working on prayer, I mean. I don't I don't do those type of movements or suggestive poses or whatever mm-hmm. because I just I usually just pray at my desk, you know, my hands are folded, um just praying to God, you know, just talking to him and usually it's on my way to work or it's um at the dinner table. I mean, we that's uh, the only times that me and God really communicate and how we communicate. It's not about how I'm positioned on the floor, right? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, most of my prayer anymore is done while I'm reading the Bible. A good a good chunk yeah. of it. A lot of my prayer is done in my lazy boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just where I'm at when I'm reading, so Are you are you resting in the finished work of Christ when you're in your lazy boy? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hand, but hands clasped over his chest as he's reclined, just just <laughs> looking up to God, you know, just yep. eyes closed yep. and foot feet elevated for yep. good circulation while I by pray. the end of the prayer he's he's sound asleep. Uh, yep. <laughs> but it's it's interesting because uh, the the uh, when I was Catholic, there was there's several positions during the mass that one is required or obligated to take during certain prayers. So it, it's quite similar in, in some aspects to other faiths that have these required prayers. But Judaism requires that too. Yeah, so, you know, during, during uh, the Eucharistic prayers, is you're kneeling. During the reading of the Gospels and during the reading of the Word, you stand up. And there's certain gestures that are made, uh, like before you enter the pew for the first time, you you will genuflect, so you drop down on one knee and cross yourself. You, as a reminder that the, the host is in the tabernacle behind the altar, uh, you have, um, uh, what is it? You do in doing the sign of the cross at various times. Yeah, yeah. Before the gospels read, you, you, uh, you cross your, you make a small cross in your forehead, on your lips, and then on your heart. And the prayer with that is, "May your word be on my mind, on my lips, and on my heart." And uh, you, you do all these things. And as as I got older, it it kind of lost its meaning. It was just like motions that you had to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes there's actually good, you know, good meaning behind such things, but when it becomes just your, your trivial motion. Yeah. You're just, you're just doing, you're going through the motions. Um, it can actually be damaging to your, your faith and uh, qu- makes it quite difficult to, to, to carry on sometimes. I had a really hard time with it um, for a while, so 
it's it's interesting how different traditions look at prayer um it's one of the it's kind of like baptism it's one of those things where everybody does a little bit different like if you look at the pentecostals they do it completely different no (laughs) and i would i would highly recommend you don't but but for the sake of learning um they do prayer completely different than let's say an anglican or a lutheran right way different um it's it's all in your tradition and your denomination and all that stuff so it's 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 pretty interesting now as we're moving on to verse 16 um after verse 15 follows it's uh from every family in heaven and on earth derives its name 16 that he would grant you according to the rich riches of his glory to be strengthened with the power through his spirit and in the inner man now i found this Uh, interesting check that trinitarian formula right there right right that his spirit is dwelt in the inner man and then so which he's talking of the father up in the top his riches and his glory to strengthen the power of this Holy Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ, verse 17, may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. Take that, Unitarians. Right. This this is very Trinitarian speech that's going on through here. So we have him speaking of the Father, the Holy Spirit, and the Son within three texts, three verses. Yeah, and this this right here, there's a lot more. There's a lot of other uh, passages that's, that say this, but this verse right here is salvation is trinitarian it's not only the father it's not only the son it's not only the spirit that saves you it is the godhead has made this covenant within himself the covenant of redemption i'm gonna i'm gonna mention it again we mention it every episode it's so important but within the godhead the entire godhead all of god the trinity is what is where salvation comes from right now i i really like how he is expounding upon this that he is he is basically telling him for this reason i bow my knee in respect before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name okay we are inherited our our adoption we are now of the father and then um he says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. So the Holy Spirit is now indwelt in the inner man and is the helper that Christ promised back in John 17, um, where it says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. We literally have Father, Son, Holy Spirit right here in the text and he is basically highlighting the keys to salvation um there are there are two kind of radical statements in here that i wanted to look at if we if we could 
uh, I think verse you're a very 15, radical person, Lee. So radical. Uh, ver- verse fifteen, I think, is an incredibly radical verse because it's it's a plain statement from Paul of of exactly the extent of God's sovereignty. So, and and correct me if I'm wrong on this, or if you think I'm wrong. Uh, Go ahead. I, I see this are. every family in heaven being the elect known from before the foundation of the earth right. and on earth, meaning basically every other, every other thing, including, I would even think family as in the kinds of the animals also that God has ordered this entire creation. Um, and I, I, I kind of read family there in a general term. Um, yes, of course, obviously the human families, but also the, the, the kinds, um, that are mentioned in uh, the creation account uh, of each created thing according to its kind. Yeah, um, God's sovereign over all of those things, all those distinctions of the different kinds of animals, the different kinds of plants, different kinds of soils, different all these kinds of things. That God has given all of those things their designation and their proper place in His created order. Um, so it's not it's not simply salvific, although that's the I think that I would say that that's the highest form of this naming that that Paul's talking about but even so far as the classification and differentiation of all created things that he has placed on the earth yeah that's so, I would so radical and and broad such a broad stroke God is sovereign over all of it absolutely and uh, we we also have to remember I can't remember even what letter it's in might be Romans, uh, where he says all of creation has been groaning with labor pains. Um, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure that's what he's speaking of in this passage per se. Um, just hear me out. I could be wrong, too. So uh, what I think he's saying, Paul here in verse 15 was not, teaching the universal fatherhood of God and the universal brotherhood of man, but right. was simply referring to believers of every era of history, um, those who are dead in heaven and those who are alive on earth. That's who I was thinking he was talking about. Right. I wasn't really Just, taking it all the way back to creation. Not the, in, but, not the entire created order. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I could possibly be wrong. I I need to look at. Um, I've never seen a good commentary that that talked about this verse, and maybe there's a reason I can, for that. Yeah, I can see both sides of it. Um, I've always viewed it as what Scott just said. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could, I could see it from what you just said, Lee. Um, I've never really looked at it that way before, actually. Give me a second. I'm gonna look it up on my. Uh... Logos. Oh boy, now I'm sweating. Oh boy, you, you, oh, let's see how much Lee is a heretic. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it was bound to happen eventually, I guess. Cat's out of the bag now. Way to go, there, guy. Uh huh. While while Scott's looking at that, yeah, go ahead. It, it's it's also important. I mean, even if you are a heretic, Lee, um, for this verse, <laughs> there there's a. We don't normally view creation as being um, corrupted from the fall of man, 
but it absolutely was it, it it like resonated through the entire universe the universe got jacked up because of the fall of adam yep okay and so okay. i got it okay go ahead go ahead finish your thought and i'll uh, i'll jump in well I, that that was it. it it's people don't really uh see the fall as something that affects creation as a whole but it it did and it continues to um nothing was ever meant to die right um that was not part of the life that god gave um thorns and thistles are a reality because of the fall yeah mosquitoes i'm just making that up but they're annoying okay go ahead scott okay so where it's translates in uh, the whole family um, which may defend on the same grounds as the whole building is defended for the similar Greek construction in 221 but the qualifying words in heaven and on earth make it quite improbable um, that the whole family is meant Um, the only way to understand a family in heaven is to take and refer to the angels whatever other heavenly beings are thought to exist. Um, By a family on earth, the writer is probably not thinking primarily of what is today called the nuclear family, father, mother, children, but of a clan, a race, or even a nation. Um, In the number of language a term for family normally refers to the extended family compromising often an entire clan or significant subdivision of a tribe. Um, in such cases, this type of term is fully satisfactory for verse 15. But in other instances, uh, it may be far better to uh, use the expression applicable to nation um, JB translates in heaven and on earth, spiritual or natural, which is not recommended, um, since a spiritual family may be understood to indicate spiritual ties among human beings, even though family in heaven probably refers to angels and other heavenly beings, it would be better translation to avoid saying that specifically, but rather to keep the expression of the text, family in heaven. Um, let's see, Murray comments on this uh, derives derives its nature and its name from the verb to name um, in verses 121 Uh, the main point that is being made is that God is father of all animate beings whether heavenly or earthly there is no group of beings which does not owe its existence to him Um, it is rare that the expression receives its true name can be adequately understood in more or less literal translation. Um, furthermore, it is difficult to see the figurative uh, significance in God naming all the nations according to the clause from whom every family in heaven and on earth receives its true name may be rendered effectively as who causes every group in heaven and on earth to exist. Um, so that, that's where we're, we're at. Hmm. So... That is from uh, the Handbook of Ephesians, uh, written written by. Give me a second. By uh, Eugene Nida and uh, Robert G. 
Bratcher. No idea what is. Yeah, <laughs> Bratcher. Interesting. Anyways, no idea who he is, but that's what he had to say about it. So, I would I would say Murray agrees with you, where you're saying mm-hmm. everything that is created owes. The, oh, the universality that. of God's yes, sovereignty over yes, all yes, creation. Yes, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, cool. Cool. So, Lee, I, I don't feel so much not like a heretic a, now. Lee, Lee, you're, you're not, not a quite a full heretic. <laughs> Yay! You're, you're only heterodox. How's that? <laughs> I needed some affirmation. <laughs> so, as we have as we have talked about this, and um, I think we can move on to verse seventeen. Um, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, um, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory and the church and Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So what is Paul wrapping his letter up right here in chapter 3? What is he trying to convey to the reader with his final thoughts for chapter 3? Well, it's interesting that he, he repeats... Uh, the the whole dwelling within man concept in uh, the tail end of verse 16 and into 17 where the, the spirit you're strengthened with the power with you're strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith so it's uh, it's reinforcing the fact that we don't have to go outside um, we don't have to go to a, uh, a temple of some kind in order to have communion with God. Um, his spirit dwells in us, and he, uh, he gives us power. He gives us uh, nourishment and refreshment through his spirit uh, within our hearts. He dwells in our hearts. He doesn't live in a building anymore. He's just kind of nailing that point and bringing it home. Right, right, right. I'm interested about the, um, where it says in 18, uh, comprehending with the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. Kind of like he's talking about a building, though. Now, yeah. okay, so what... Go ahead. Read read verse 18. Are you guys using the NASB? Of course uh-huh. we are. Is there any other okay. translation? Yeah, well, yeah, but... But, um, well, no, it's not. <laughs> but read just read verse 18 for me like the complete verse 18 may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth now just just okay. go with me on this what i think this is um not just for those who are this is for okay this is not four different features of love. Let's let's just clear that off the table. But I would suggest that it's an effort um, that would define the vastness and completeness of Christ right. in the inner man. Right. Okay. Don't. Yeah. Because were, were you thinking something there, Sean? Before. Well, the the CSB finishes off 
verse 18, it says, what is the height and width and, or I'm sorry, what is the length and width and height and depth of God's love? It, wow. it, just toss that off mm. and just go ahead and pitch the CSB. So <laughs> it basically says the same thing. No, false, false, It kind of makes sense to do that because since we've already kind of gotten the the um, interior living of the spirit to make kind of make an analogy to say the tabernacle where there was a very specific uh, measurement laid out in scripture of of how to build the tabernacle and what kind of space it would occupy and how long and how wide it would be well now that the now that, that earthly house is gone we're now talking about these measurements of God's own attributes himself namely his his life right. and and we're I, never going to be able to actually fully measure those the way you could measure out a building like the tabernacle or the temple yeah yeah that that's another aspect of this verse is how incomprehensibly vast and infinite is God's love for us like it's it's so vast that it it's beyond measure and it's extremely hard to comprehend without the spirit dwelling within you and changing your heart so that you can begin to understand it that's right I think, uh, don't you think, have you, does, let me try to rephrase what I'm trying to say. I think it makes total sense. Go on, heretic. Go on. (laughs) It makes total sense what you're saying. And I think, I think we could all agree from, I would hope we could all agree from our, I know for myself, the longer that I've been a Christian and the more that I've known God, the more the, the depth has increased, the the height has increased, all those things. The more I've learned about God, the more his nature and um, and, and his ways are so much more out of reach uh, from what I and, know. And, and it's also the more you learn how his attributes like work together, like he's not just love sometimes, and we, we begin to understand how God and his attributes are how they are all simultaneously happening, happening at once. Like, like some people think that just sometimes God is love and then sometimes God is angry or wrathful. And it's not, it's, it's all happening at once. God, God in his love shows judgment. Isn't that Uh, the, the doctrine of divine simplicity? You know, I don't know. I'm a very simple man, so I don't know. <laughs> We're basically Simple-minded. like God. God isn't made up of of parts. Like all His attributes exist together at one time. Right, and that that book that I just finished, God, God in the Whirlwind. Simplicity. It it talks about um, how God's so he holiness <laughs> and his and his love are like it. They yeah. break. He breaks down the attributes like all of them, but then he. He just basically shows holiness and love and how they are like meshed together and they they cannot be separated like any of his attributes cannot be separated and then he works through like all of redemptive history and then like to modern day how people are all wishy-washy with their theology and they forget about the holiness of God and they just focus on the love part and they don't even understand the love part, right? So mm-hmm. it's a really good book. 
Yeah, divine simplicity. I was just looking it up. That well, that's, you're divinely God, simple. That God is without parts. Being of God, being <laughs> identical to the attributes of God. So characteristics like his omnipresence, goodness, truth, etc., are identical to God's being, not qualities that make up that being. Yeah. So God can't be distilled just down to one attribute. So people who say God is love, as if that's the be-all, end-all, are totally wrong, because you can't just take God down to one of his attributes. God isn't just only love. He's not only justice. Right. I, I think if you could sum it all into one, I think R.C. Sproul was right to emphasize the holiness of God. Yeah. Because that's the the thing that makes him so distinct from us, if we're going to identify him. But still, it's it's not it's not great to just pin him down to one thing because he's so complex yet simple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coming well, in hot. Shot, I already shot out at the U- Unitarians already, but they're they're very guilty of that. Well, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say, go out on a limb and say there's not many Unitarians that listen to this podcast. You're probably right. So, <laughs> Okay, take that Southern Baptist. No. <laughs> hey, that's fine. But they're going to be fine. mad at us because we said guys instead of people. We're yeah. too gendered. You're, you're, you're definitely going to stick your foot in your mouth. I have a book one on, comments on us and gender, be like, hey. There that I need to read. No, it, it's from T4G. It's something about I can't I can't see the title of it from here, but it, it, it's something about the liberal churches and uh, the gender it's, issue. It's really not. It's not really that hard. You know, You're either a man or a woman, but you know. <laughs> I I had one other note, and, and this is really all I have for this section. But I think another important thing to remember, and this is in verse both eighteen and nineteen talking about comprehension and knowing, uh, may be able to comprehend with all the saints, and then in verse 19, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. You know, a lot of people tend to emphasize either the heart or the head, and I think even though he's using language here about comprehension and knowing, uh, I think he's uniting both the head and the heart. Yes, we have to comprehend what's gone on and how we've uh, how we've been saved what being saved means and what we've been called to do but in knowing the love of Christ we not only have to know it in our minds but we have to know it in our hearts as well yeah and and the uh, the funny thing is it's to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so how do you know something that surpasses knowledge it's it's you you are unable to know that on your own right you have to right yeah, it's, it's a level that. of conviction that you can't convince yourself of. Yeah. And perhaps and perhaps get on your knees <laughs> in prayer. <laughs> At times, yeah. And the only way to have knowledge and wisdom of God is to fear and tremble. So, how can they find us? Oh. Lee, well, you want to do it? Yeah, they can find us on the website, guyswithbibles.com. So there you can read our blogs, you can also listen to audio of the podcast, and you can also go on and subscribe to the newsletter, Guys With Newsletters. And actually, we're doing a give- giveaway, uh, <laughs> so for those those who go to Guys With Newsletters and subscribe, uh, can be uh, they will be entered, you will be entered, we promise, in the giveaway for a copy of Albert Moeller's book on the Apostles' Creed. And uh, we'll be doing that giveaway, I'm going to say, at the end of May. Um, 
which should be when this episode is uh, releasing. So that'll give us a little bit of time then. And then to read. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. You guys are going to smoke around it and get it smelling like, like incense and uh to read it and highlight in it and mark in it you know and then we're gonna give it to you uh, then you can also get no, us I'm on kidding. social media we have the facebook group so just go to facebook and search for guys with bibles and you'll see our podcast artwork there uh you can follow us on twitter and instagram at guys with bibles uh, you can also email us directly at guyswbibles at gmail.com but please subscribe to the podcast go to the podcatcher of your choice and uh, hit subscribe and do uh, do us a kindness, do us a favor, and uh, leave us a, a lovely review of at least four stars, if not no five. five. I like to aim low so that I'm not disappointed. No, if you <laughs> if you uh, if you reach for the moon and you miss, you'll at least land among the stars, Lee. Get out of here with that noise. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, no, really, and, and that's and that's it. Thank you. Thank thank you all. Thank you all very much. No, thank you. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Boom. Yeah. No, no. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, it's been a pleasure thank you. for you. And uh, glad I could be here yeah, for thanks. you. Thanks. Th- thank you. you. And we're guys with Bibles, and we are out. Don't don't you thank me. I'm going to have an aneurysm. <laughs> and wrath. Of, it's so hard to talk over that. I just want to sing along. Do it. Do it. Do I it. don't know the words because I don't listen to crap. <laughs>